0: Welcome back to the Med School Tutors Podcast, your resource for high-yield tips and proving guidance to help reduce stress and give you tangible tools for success from pre-med through residency and the boards. Let's dive in.
1: Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome to our webinar tonight. We are very excited to have you with us. Um, today, our webinar is going to be focusing on navigating the SOAP and Match Week. Um, I know that this is a very stressful time for many of you. Um, You've all hopefully submitted your rank list, and now it's the uh, watchful waiting. So we're going to talk you through some of the next steps and how the next few weeks are going to look. So my name is Fana. I am a medical tutor, tutor, and I've been working with the company for four years now. I am a radiology resident at Brigham and Women's Hospital, and um, I'm excited to talk with you all today. And I'll let my co-host introduce herself as well.
2: Hi, I'm Sarah. I've also been with MST for four-ish years now. Um, I'm PGY 3 in internal medicine at Columbia and soon to be cardiology fellow, and we're really excited to be here tonight.
1: We're going to be talking about what match week actually looks like, what Monday through Friday looks like every single day, um, what happens if you don't match, and how to enter the SOAP process if that is something that you end up having to do. And we'll also be discussing what your options are if you do not match in the SOAP. So really planning for worst-case scenarios here and talking you through all of the different steps of um, how that week will look.
2: Okay. So in terms of the timeline for match week, hopefully everyone has submitted their rank list on the 3rd. And so... Until March 15th, there's not too much to do except just try to remain as calm as possible. Um, And on March 15th, Monday, you will get an email about whether or not you have matched. You will not get any information about where you've matched, but if you have. And then from there, on March 15th, the soap begins in case you have to enter it. On March 18th, on Thursday, the SOAP will end and they'll post any unfilled programs that were not filled during the SOAP. And then on March 19th, either at 12 p.m., if your medical school does a match day ceremony, or at 1 p.m., you'll get an email telling you where you matched. Anything else
1: you'd add, Sana? No, that's a perfect rundown of that, sort of how things are going to go, first step. Um, There are a few important changes we'd like to highlight um, due to COVID. And so the first is that the SOAP will have four rounds of offers, and we'll talk a little bit more about what each round looks like and what a round of offers um, entails. But previously there were three, but for your purposes, the only important thing is that there will be four this year, and that the ECFMG has five alternate pathways for IMGs to be certified. And please check out that website to confirm your eligibility for that if that um, applies to you. Um, But again, just those are the really the only major changes. Otherwise, Match Week will look more or less similar to
2: how it's looked in the past for
1: timeline.
2: So the Friday before, on March 12th, you just want to check that you are SOAP eligible. Basically, that means if you have already entered the main match, you are probably SOAP eligible. If you are an IMG, you just have to check that ECFMG website to make sure you fit one of the pathways and make sure you're registered with the NRMP for the SOAP in case. Um, For that weekend, just relax, try to put it out of your mind. And then Monday, that email we were talking about comes at 11 a.m. If you matched... Great, you can just relax the rest of the week. You won't have any more information except for if you matched. And if you're doing a prelim and an advanced specialty, you'll find out if you matched for both of those categories. Um, If you did not match overall or for either category of advanced or prelim, you will be told in the email and then you can proceed to enter the SOAP at noon.
1: As Sarah just mentioned, Let's say that you get that email on Monday morning, you'll get that email and it will tell you if you did not match. And at that point, a few things happen. So Monday, first couple of things that morning from 11 to 3 a.m., You can, or, sorry, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., you can see, um, log into the NRMP system and see all programs with, that went unfilled after the match. And that's across all specialties. So that's looking at all programs across all specialties to see which programs have empty spots that are available to participate in the SOAP. Then within that four-hour period, you are also expected to log into ERAS and apply to any programs that you're interested in applying to. And there is a max. There is a maximum of 45 that you're able to apply to. It's just a standard rule. I'm not sure sort of what the, what the thought process is for that, but... 45 programs, and you can apply to all of those in that four-hour period. If you, as Sarah mentioned, you'll find out if you were applying to a combined program, like radiology, for example, you apply to a prelim year as well as an advanced program. And so you'll find out if you matched into one but not the other or neither. Um, And so if you matched into prelim programs but not advanced, it'll tell you that you're partially matched. And that's what that means. If you match into one but not the other, you're partially matched. And so for that, they will generally tell you that you have this, uh, the prelim program is set, but the categorical is not. So you can only apply to, apply to advanced programs and vice versa for the other. If you match it neither, then you can apply to all programs um, that, are, that are there. So just an important caveat for anyone who's applying to those programs that have two separate, um, two separate things.
2: Okay, so you picked your 45 programs you've submitted. What do you do from here? Until 3 p.m., you're not gonna really have anything else to do except for submit. Programs are then gonna review all of the applications that came into them and kind of the ball is in their court. Unlike the main match where this is really tailored to your rank list, at this point, it's what the programs want. So they can reach out by email, by phone, they will contact you if they want to give you an interview. An interview can just be on the phone, it can be a Zoom uh, format, really each program will determine what they want to do. In the rules of the SOAP, you cannot contact a program unless they contact you first. If you go outside that rule, it's considered a SOAP violation and you can be kind of kicked out of the SOAP and not allowed to match.
1: So exactly as Sarah just said, the main match is very much geared towards the applicant's preferences. So the applicants, they go off the applicant's list, and if you can match at your number one, they try and make you match at your number one. If not, they try and make you match at your number two. It's really weighted towards the applicant and making sure you get what you want. The SOAP is unfortunately not that way. Um, so programs will make their preference lists for the SOAP. And after that, they're sort of, the programs are filling based off of their their acceptances. So they'll go to their first person, give them an offer. And if they say yes or no, that person, that spot becomes filled. So it's much more program weighted. Um, And unfortunately you just don't have as much say in which program you go to. You go sort of where you're given an offer. There is no ranking, there's no submitting. And we'll talk a little bit about getting an offer and what that means in the subsequent slides. Um, but really, it's based on the program's preferences. And then, uh, then you wait. You wait until they, these different rounds occur. And the first rounds will—the uh, first sort of action starts happening at Tuesday at the tw- at 12 p.m. Right? So, all that you did is from 11 to 3, you created your application, you did all of the stuff, and you submitted. And then you're hoping that programs start to reach out to you for interviews, et cetera, um, after that on Monday, and then. And Tuesday at March 16th is when you start to
2: start to hear from different, start to have more happen. Okay. Now here's like the very specifics of the offers. There are four rounds. They are two hours each. These are the times. So two on Wednesday and two on Thursday. In any given round, you'll enter the R3 system on the NRMP website you can be given an offer to a program. You can get more than one offer per round, but you can only accept one offer. So for any given offer, you can accept, reject, or you can let it expire, which is kind of you do nothing. Um, there's really no reason to let something expire. Either you accept or you don't. Um, and then that's it for that round. If you match in round one, you're done. You have matched you can relax until Friday. If you don't match in round one, then you go on to round two, round three, round four. I would say here that if you get an offer, Mm -hmm. unless you would rather not match, you should accept. Trying to gamble waiting for a better offer in another round is very risky, especially this Mm -hmm. year when a lot more people are going to be entering the soap because of COVID and all of the application um changes this year. So I just want to make sure we emphasize that. Absolutely. And I, I was about to say the exact same thing. I think it's really
1: important to note that this is unfortunately the soap process is very much weighted in the program's favors and not in yours. So it's important that if you get an offer you can live with to take it um, because it's just it's not a good gamble to hold out for something better. So on that note, um, so as Sarah said, if you if you accept your offer, you're done, it's over. you got you can get more than one. you could get five offers in that first round, so you pick one and then you're done. Um, and after each subsequent round, the R three list of programs will update. So you'll see what programs have been filling, what programs are still left to give spots. And I'll also note if you don't get any offers, your first round, that doesn't mean it's over. That just means that the programs were extending to other people. And those people may say yes or say no, but there, there are four rounds of this for a reason. So just because you get no offers your first round doesn't mean you won't get some your second or your third or your fourth. Um, so just something to keep in mind. And um, then Thursday at noon is that very last round. Um, so that's when the, so again, Wednesday, uh, Wednesday two rounds, Thursday two rounds. And then Thursday at noon will be the last round. And then any subsequent spots that are open, those will be updated for R3. And then that is an outside of the match,
2: outside of the SOAP um, sort of process that takes place as well. Okay, so we got into Friday, which is the best day of match week because... If your medical school, it's a little bit tricky this year. If your medical school does a match day ceremony, you'll find out at noon. Um, If not, everyone will get an email or you can log into the R3 website at 1 p.m. Eastern time. And there will be all the information about where you matched. um, And then you can celebrate.
1: We have a number of great questions that have come in to us. And we're going to get to all of those. So we're going to open up to our Q&A session. Um, so please feel free to send us your questions, send us anything in the chat so that we can address all of those questions. because so I know this is really complicated. While I wait for some of those questions to come in, just briefly going to touch about what we do to help students with the match. Um, so uh, Sarah and I are both part of the residency consulting group and we are a set of tutors and we help with interview prep, crafting your CVs, going through your rank list. I'm going through a program selection and also coaching people through the SOAP and what makes the most sense for them in terms of their career goals, et cetera. We've had a number of really great matches um, from two two T's in our program. So it's a great uh, tool to use if that is something of interest to you. So please feel free to reach out to us if that's something that you think would be helpful um, for you. And with that, um, we will transition to our Q&A portion of the evening. We're gonna start by sort of filtering through some of the questions that a lot of you submitted questions before the webinar, which is great. So we'll go through some of those to start. And um, after that, we'll get to some of the questions that I'm seeing pop in through the chat as well. So, uh, first question I see here, can I enter the SOAP if I did not enter the main match or if I didn't get any
2: interviews in the main match? Sarah, what are your your takeaways from this one? Yes. You can, as long as you are SOAP eligible, um, you can enter the match if you got no interviews during ERAS or if you didn't even submit this year and you wanted to just enter the SOAP. Um, As long as you are registered with the NRMP and you are eligible, then you can go ahead and try.
1: Yeah, this is actually a very, it's, it's a confusing point because ERAS is actually separate from the NRMP and it's a very complicated system. And this is why I think this question comes up a lot, but ERAS is just the way that you apply to the systems. The match is a completely different entity and the SOAP is a part of that match entity. Um, so if programs are available, if you didn't even do ERAS, you can submit for an NRMP ID for, to enter the SOAP, et cetera, become SOAP eligible. All of that can be done um, even outside of the ERAS process. Okay, how do you optimize your chances to match into the SOAP? So this is this is a great question. Um, and I think what I'll say is it's really, really hard because anything that you optimize to match into the SOAP, I imagine that you did to match in your ERAS application, right? So. All of the things, you know, your great letters of recommendation, your CV, your personal statement, all of those things are what's going to be really important here. And um, we'll touch on this a little bit in the next question, too, about do I need to change my CV? Do I need to change my letters? Do I need to do anything crazy in my personal statement, et cetera? Um, and the answer is, if you want, you can. Um What I'll say is most programs realize that this was not anyone's first choice. (laughs) Most programs realize that they ideally, you had plans for, we had plans to match, you'd plan to do go elsewhere or whatever reason. So I think that the key things will be really being honest about your situation when you have those conversations with the program. And if you want to plan ahead, um, there are things you can do as far as personal statements, et cetera. And maybe Sarah can talk a little bit about what she recommends to her students about uh, changing things to the application for the SOAP process. Perfect.
2: So parts of the ERAS application, you can't really change. Like the CV portion, you can't change um, in the SOAP, but you can upload new letters of recommendation and new personal statements. So if you're someone who is applying into a broad specialty that's not too competitive like internal medicine or family medicine, you may be able to use your personal statement and your letters regardless of what you're applying into. Um, but for people who feel like they know they're probably going to have to enter their soap and they may be changing specialties and a drastic change, maybe you're someone who applied in neurosurgery and now you're going to be applying to family medicine or psychiatry. Yeah. Um, For those people, it might be worthwhile tweaking your application or your personal statement, I should say, so that it's a little bit broader. Um, Programs, just like Sana was saying, are going to know that this is a change of plan for you, um, but it shows effort that you went ahead and wrote a new personal statement for them. Um, In terms of the letters, that's much harder, and I think that's much less important If you know someone in a specialty that could easily write you a letter, you know, in the next week, you can go ahead with that. But I think programs recognize you're applying into something else. Your letters may say you're applying into something else. Um, But the personal statement can be really where you advocate for yourself in the SOAP and say why, even though this is a different specialty than what you were initially planning, you're going to be an excellent resident regardless. I don't know if you have anything else you would add.
1: No, I think the big thing is you have very little time between finding out whether or not you matched and when those applications are due. And so I think the key thing is, I would plan ahead. Maybe that weekend, if you're going crazy and you know really in your head about it and stressed about it, then at that point, if you feel like you can use that as into productive energy and plan for the worst, um, I think that could be useful. Um, but I certainly don't think you need to put too much pressure on it. Um, and certainly if it's a logical move, if it's like I am to family medicine or, you know, something that could make sense, I don't think it's necessary. Um, but I think like, like Sarah said, neurosurgery to family medicine, maybe even if you don't have time to write a new personal statement, I would think about, okay, well, why do I want to do this? Because that's going to be the first question that programs ask you if they interview you, right? They're going to have that conversation with you. That's going to be the first thing they ask. So just be thoughtful and expect, anticipate what they're going to, they're going to want to hear. And so this is actually a great segue. Um, So if I have to enter the soap, how hard is it to apply to a different specialty? And so sort of just as I was saying, I think it's just really important to be honest um, about what your goals are, what's important to you, because I'm sure there are a lot of neurosurgeons who may be very happy in family medicine, but it's not necessarily the most logical based on what I know about neurosurgery and what I know about family medicine. But if you have a great reason for it and a great story, then I think that that can be very, very helpful. Um, So I think that it is hard possibly, but if you have a good reason and if you're able to explain yourself well, just anticipate that'll be a question they'll ask and just have a good answer for it. And so I think that that's um, that's really the big thing to that.
2: Uh, Any other thoughts on that, Sarah? No, I think that's a, a pretty good outline of that. Um, and then I think that kind of leads us into the partially matched category, which is a Mm -hmm. particularly tricky situation. Um, and one more time, I know Sana explained this before, but this is if you match into a prelim without an advanced or you match into an advanced without a prelim. And so you can only participate in the SOAP for the program's that fit what you did not match into. So this can be a little bit tricky. Um, if you're only applying for prelim programs, you're only applying for advanced programs. I don't know if you have more insight into this on it because in internal medicine, we're all, we're all categorical. Yeah. <laughs> like you did the double match.
1: I did. So I think the first thing I'll say, and correct me if I'm wrong, Sarah, but I believe this is still the case that, if you match into a prelim position, but not a categorical, or vice versa, one very important thing is they do tell you the general geographic location of where that program that you matched into is. Um, so that may or may not narrow things down. If they tell you New York, that could still mean probably 20 programs, <laughs> but they'll give you a geographic sense so that you can plan accordingly when you're applying to those other programs. So I will say that in general, um, there are a lot of prelim programs that actually don't even do the match. They purely operate based on the SOAP. And this was something interesting that I only learned while applying to radiology. So there are a number of medicine and surgery programs who don't even bother with the interview process, and they purely take their prelim interns via the SOAP. So there will always be prelim positions available in the SOAP, 100%. They will always be there. Categorical positions less often the case. Um, these specialties are often very competitive specialties. Um, you know, dermatology, anesthesiology, specialties where um, they just have fewer spots to begin with. Um, but they are there are almost always prelim spots available. So I think that the key thing here is you will be able to match at a prelim spot. Um, the so if you match into an advanced program that requires a prelim spot, I wouldn't worry about that. You will be able to find a prelim spot somewhere. Um, the trickier question is if you match into a prelim spot and not a categorical spot, then you have to think about what are my next steps going to be as far as um, moving forward. Do I want to stay in this prelim? And do I want to just, you know, try Gen Surge or try internal medicine, try and make this into a categorical position? Or do I want to reapply the next year? So should you apply to programs in the SOAP that you already applied to in the mean match? So this is a question we get um, a fair amount. What I'll say is, if a program interviewed you and they are looking for SOAP positions and you are looking for SOAP positions, that means that the program did not rank you, which means it is highly unlikely that the program will rank you in the SOAP. So, if you interviewed at that program, I think it would be a waste of your time to apply to that program. If you did not interview, then what I'll say is they looked at your application and they were not immediately drawn to it and they, for whatever number of reasons, but I think it probably lessens your chances, but not as definitively, I would say, as if you have already interviewed there because they may take another look, someone else may look at your application. But I would still say if the program has had a chance to look at your application in the regular cycle and still didn't um, interview you or rank you, then I would say it would be a waste of one of those 45 spots to spend it on a program that um, has already sort of passed by your application. Do you have a different feeling about that there
2: or is that your general philosophy? I think I probably lean a little bit more strictly towards the no. Um, even if they saw your application, they did not give you an interview unless it is your dream program, Mm. Mm. you only get 45 shots at this. Um, and I think you need to broaden to 45 places that didn't see your application already and decide no. Um, but there are different philosophies on that. But I think 100% if they interviewed you and said no, and did not rank you. Absolutely not. I would say if you applied and they didn't give you an interview, still probably no. Um, And then there have been a lot of questions in the chat and the next question about what exactly 45 programs means. Is 45 programs total, regardless of specialty, regardless of anything, you have 45 programs. You can do five surgery, five psychiatry, five anything, but the total number is 45.
1: Yeah. And a lot of people are asking about the rounds and when you apply to the 45. So I want to make it very clear. All of your applying, all of that is done at 3 p.m. on Monday, right? All that entire, all of your submissions, all everything you put together is done at 3 p.m. So you should be applying to all of them in one fell swoop. So you should pick which 45 you want to go to or which you want to apply to and do that immediately. And uh, it's also very important because these programs, they have a list, the offers for them are more about going down their list, right? They're not looking at applications over again. They're not reassessing their list. They look at the applications once when they get all of them on whatever time they get them on Monday. They look through them once, they speak to whoever they want to speak with, go through everything on Monday, Tuesday. And then by Wednesday, they are purely in here is our list. We're going to offer it to these two. If they say no, we go to the next two. If they say no, we go to the next two. So it's purely a numbers game for them. And they will not be looking at the applications again. So make sure you apply to all 45 right away on Monday. Um, yes, very, very firm, very firm statement for yes. me.
2: <laughs> at 3 p.m. on Monday, you no longer have any control over... The system, except yeah. for if you accept or reject offers, that is all you can do after 3 p.m. on Monday. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to make clear because a couple people asked about contacting programs. If someone else contacts for you, that is mm. also a SOAP violation. If your yeah. program director, mentor, anyone mm-hmm. contacts a program in the SOAP for you before they've contacted you, you can be barred from the SOAP process. Just want to make sure that's clear, too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's actually a great segue into um, the next uh, question here, which is about finding a position post-SOAP. So after the SOAP is over, so that is Thursday at 3 p.m., right? After that is over, at that point, it's a free-for-all. So at that point, anyone can contact anybody, uh, and there will be a list open on R3, which shows you, as I mentioned before, all of the open spots, all of the um, unmatched positions at different programs. And at that point, they're trying to fill programs. People are trying to find programs. So everyone is contacting everybody. Um, so feel at that point, I would recommend reaching out to your dean of, uh, dean of medical students, reaching out to any mentors you have and saying, hey, this program has a spot. I'm very interested in this position. Um, I really would love for you to reach out to anyone you know at that medical school for me. And most. Most most um, deans of medical schools are very, very willing to do this and very engaged in this process. Um, so I would really recommend going through your school administration um, to reach out post-match uh, or post-SOAP if that is the situation that you find yourself in.
2: Any other thoughts on that, Sarah? What happens if you don't match at all? In the main match, the SOAP, you're not able to get into one of these open positions. So then I think it's really unfortunately a a conversation with your dean with your advisors about how to optimize your application for the next year Um, whether that's doing a research year or getting more clinical experience or kind of you know figuring out what it might have been in your application that was counting against you Um, if maybe you just didn't apply to enough programs or you submitted your application late um, a lot of programs, especially this year, didn't look like any applications that came in after mm-hmm. the October 1st deadline. So I think, and this is a place where we at MST could actually be really helpful to kind of look at yeah. your overall application and, you know, help you problem solve where to go from there. I don't know Absolutely. if you have any more specific ideas.
1: No, I think I think that's exactly right. I think that all of those are sort of the key strategies I would recommend and, sort of keeping in mind this is a very stressful process, um, but really trying to make sure you take advantage of all of the resources available to you to game it the best you can, because it can be, sometimes not feel like it's meant to work in your favor. Um, Okay, and so, so yes, actually I think that, I think so, so let me take a look through the chat and see what we've got here. We We had a few questions come through um okay so i'm seeing here
2: i see one here uh just to clarify again once you accept an offer you are no longer in the soap so you can't accept in one round and then try to get another offer that it just doesn't work you're out of the soap once you've accepted an offer
1: perfect yep absolutely And then a lot of people are asking. um, So I think maybe some people missed this earlier about finding the list of programs. So um, keeping here is Monday, 11 to 3. You find out you didn't match. And you will also find out all the programs that have open spots. So based on that, you're going to pick 45 places, 45 programs, and send your application to 45 programs before 3 p.m. And then right at 3 is the deadline. And then between three p.m. to Wednesday, programs will have time to look through your application, go through everything, and at that point decide who, if they want to speak to you and interview you. If they don't, et cetera, then they will make their list of one, two, three, four, five, six our preferences of candidates, and they will extend offers to you during the rounds of the soap. So, round one, round two, round three, and round four. You don't do anything except wait and see if you get an offer at that point. So, Wednesday morning, you may or may not get offers. And then you either, as Sarah mentioned before, accept, reject, or let expire. And then if you accept, you're done, you're out, that's it. If you reject, you're waiting for the next round. If you don't get an offer, you're also waiting for the next round. And then the same thing and go all over again, right? At noon, same thing, programs will extend offers, people will accept, reject, or let expire, same thing, same thing, same thing. And then that will end Thursday at 3 p.m. And then Thursday at 3 p.m., the SOAP is over. And then you see all of the people who still have open positions. And at that point, you ask your mentors, ask your medical student dean, ask anybody who knows anybody to reach out to programs that you may be interested in that still have spots available. So that's just a very brief two-second condensed version of what we were talking about before.
2: And the last thing in there is that there's no interviewing or anything. Once the programs have submitted their lists on Tuesday, Mm. you're not going to hear from them. Yes. And it looks like uh, someone sent us a helpful tip that they have uh, changed the match day email and that's actually going to be noon for everyone this year because of COVID. Perfect. Perfect.
1: And yes, it is 3 p.m. Eastern time, 3 p.m. Eastern time on Monday.
2: (laughs) Yeah, everything is Eastern time that we're talking about.
1: Can we change our application? So as Sarah and I mentioned, you can, everything has to be done before Monday at 3. Monday at 3, you cannot add any more programs. You cannot modify any more questions. You cannot change anything anymore after Monday at 3. You can't add any more programs. So everything completes Monday at 3 p.m.
2: And there were a couple of questions about what that includes. Um, mm-hmm. So a couple of people were asking about, can you submit if you don't have a USMLE transcript or a past step? Mm. That all goes into whether or not you're SOAP eligible. So you need to check right. on the NRMP or the ECFMG websites. If you don't have a passing score for step one or step two, you're not SOAP eligible and then you can't enter. Um, mm-hmm. And someone else was asking if they could do a separate personal statement for each program. Theoretically, you could do that. Um, you might drive yourself insane a little bit. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That that's Entirely necessary.
1: <laughs> okay. So I know I know this is a lot of information, and um, it is a lot to sort of take in. If anyone has any additional questions um, about general processes or about specific uh, to their own circumstances, then please feel free to email us. So we, um, we're more than happy to talk to you about your individual circumstances and sort of how we can how we can guide you through this process. I know it's a lot. Um, but I, I'll say try and try and relax as much as you can for the next two weeks. Um, And then on Monday, you'll sort of, is it yeah, a week and a half, I guess. (laughs) And on Monday, you'll find out a little, you'll be able to take those next steps. But hopefully, this makes you feel a little bit more as though you know what the process will entail. Any sort of parting thoughts of wisdom, Sarah?
2: No, I'm seeing a lot of questions are very specific to individual people's um, Mm -hmm. points of view. And so I would also encourage you, if you have very specific questions, just reach out um, and we can kind of help guide you based on your Absolutely. circumstances. So good luck to everyone. I'm wishing you all the best. I hope everyone matches. So good luck to you.
1: Perfect. Thanks, everyone. Nice to meet you all.
0: We hope this was helpful and that it took some of the guesswork out of the equation for you. If you have any questions or would like one-on-one tutoring, get in touch with us via our website, medschooltutors.com, via email at HQ at MedSchoolTutors.com or give us a call if you're old school like that at 212-327-0098. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, share, and review us on your podcast app. And if you want more helpful, free information, visit our blog, check us out on social media at MedSchoolTutors or visit our forum at USMLETutors.com. Thanks for listening. Be well.